But there's a part of me that was like, yeah, I launched this company 11 years ago. Could this happen again? And I think the answer was yes, and, and, and even faster now. So like we knew we needed email marketing. We had to get Zapier and hook up the Zaps and do all the things. Like we knew all, there's a lot of things that we knew. I think that was something that maybe surprised me a little because I think there's all of us who have a little bit of imposter syndrome of like, can I do this again? Like just because I launched one company, can I launch another one? Starting a second or third or fourth business is a great test of your skills as an entrepreneur. On one hand, you're reminded of all the things you learned getting the first venture or few off the ground. You can put those skills to use faster and avoid some of the hassle you went through when you did it before. On the other hand, there are inevitably new things to learn. You might need to pick up skills that come from using a different kind of business model, or you might need to learn some new software, or you might want to acquire some new marketing or sales skills to support the new company. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that takes you behind the scenes to explore how small business owners are building stronger businesses. Last year, I had to level up my own skills as the co-founder of my second company, Yellow House Media. Yellow House Media is the podcast production agency I run with my husband, Sean. Starting the new venture was a huge affirmation of skills that I already possessed. It was incredibly fun to design a business from scratch and see it come to fruition really fast, almost exactly how I had envisioned it. I even got to exercise skills around package design and pricing that I had learned but never put into practice. But there were also all kinds of new skills to learn too. I needed to learn how to run the business model I had designed. I needed to develop new communication skills and new team building skills. And I had to learn new software too. Of course, the biggest learning curve was figuring out how to work with a business partner and how to work with a business partner who is my husband. And frankly, we're still figuring that one out. All this month on What Works, we're talking about leveling up our skills. And this week, I've got the inside scoop on a brand new joint venture that friend of the pod, Dana Kay, and her new business partner, Felton Kaiser, put together. Knowing what I've learned about my own second company, not to mention working with a business partner, I knew this conversation would teach us a lot about the skills that go into building a stronger business. You might remember that Dana Kay is the founder of Kay Publicity, a PR firm for authors, as well as the host of the podcast Branding Outside the Box. Felton Kaiser is a photographer and the founder of Off Kilter Media. Together, they've just launched Bouquet Stock Photography. They wanted to see more people of color, those in the LGBTQIA community, non-binary folks, and those with different sizes, ages, and physical abilities represented in the photography that's available for brands and creators online. But launching this new business required them to level up. In this conversation, you'll hear how they decided to partner up and what skills they've learned to communicate clearly, divide labor, and work together effectively. We'll also talk about the specific skills they needed to make the business a reality, like e-commerce design, search engine optimization, and revenue sharing. Now, let's find out what works for Dana Kay and Felton Kaiser. Dana and Felton, welcome to What Works. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be back on the show talking about this new business. I'm excited to be here for the first time. So thank you for having us. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, Dana, let's start with you. Tell me all about 
this new business that you just mentioned. So this is Bouquet Stock Photography, which is a curated library of stock photos with an emphasis on diversity and representation. And we as business owners know that when it comes to seeing different types of people in stock photos, there's not always a lot of options. And for my clients and for I know other people even in the What Works Network have mentioned that it's really hard to find stock photos with people of color, queer folks, people who are different sizes and ages in certain scenarios. Um, There's a lot to be, there's a lot lacking out there. And I had this rolling around in my head about this problem for a long time, but I'm not a photographer and I'm not an artist or a visual artist. And so it had been, I knew that this was a problem. I had an idea to solve it, but I didn't necessarily have the ability to solve it myself. And then I talked to Felton, who Felton and I have known each other for a little bit of time now. I was going to say it was newer, but it's not anymore. And so we decided, so after talking to Felton, he said, I have thought the same thing in the past, but didn't know how to do it. And so it was the perfect, the perfect pairing. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk all about the how to do it or how you did it or are doing it and how you figured that all out. Um, Felton, I'd love to hear from you. What was your thought process on deciding yeah, I think I'm ready to pursue this or I want to pursue this too. So I, I'd i like to say that I'm inspiring or aspiring to be a serial entrepreneur. Um, for some reason, starting new businesses just, it makes me really happy. And when, uh, you know, Dana emailed me and we hopped on a phone call, mind you, this is like at the beginning of quarantine, the beginning of quarantine, like <laughs> the beginning of quarantine. And uh, she was like, hey, I have this idea for this business. Let me know what your bandwidth is. I do know it's, you know, in the middle of quarantine, but I just want to throw you away. And I was like, oh, wait, I've been wanting to do this for so long. I just did not know the other part, right? Which were the logistics. And that's just not my thing. And it's just divine, divine timing, divine intervention. And here we are today. Well, I am very excited about this. So I realize that I have questions about asking you about like the e-commerce skills that you've learned. I have questions about how you learned the skills around this particular business model. But one thing that I did not think about beforehand, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw a curveball into the very beginning of the interview, which is I'm curious about the skills in learning to work with a co-founder and in a partnership Dana, what was going through your head when you were thinking about how to approach working with a co-founder? So I, my primary business, which is K-Publicity, I founded, I am the benevolent dictator of that company. I'm just kidding. I think one of your other interviewers had said I would be a great benevolent dictator. And so I founded that company. I've been working by myself with a team, but leading the company for a long time. I also do co-chair a writer's conference with somebody else. Mm-hmm. However, it's at the time once a year. Now we're doing two a year, but it, so it's a very low lift. Um, but what I learned from that experience was a division of skill set and labor is really important. So she is an author. She ch- is the chair of many writing organizations. So she has 
access to authors who could speak at our conference. I know how to do logistics and marketing and um, promotions and things of that nature. And so we complement each other quite well. So when I knew I needed to partner on this business, I think it's a little bit nerve wracking starting something so big with somebody new. And so I did talk to a number of people, um, Emily Thompson, who you've been have had on the show before, uh, who had a longtime business partner. We talked a lot about this is a marriage. We're getting married. And so me and Felton had some conversations about visions for the company, how we like to work, how we like to communicate, what our money story is or money philosophies are, and just having that all out on the table. And also like a marriage, we have... I think one of our first steps was to get a lawyer and have Mm -hmm. a lawyer do the partnership agreement, which I think brought up a lot of interesting ideas for both of us. Like if one of us is incapacitated, what happens? If one of us dies, what happens? If one of us is being sued from our other companies, we both have several companies, what happens? And so going through all these scenarios, I think was very enlightening and but the fact that it's all out on paper and that we had all these discussions in the beginning, I, th- I think was really helpful. Yeah. Felton, kind of same question to you. How did you personally approach, um, how, yeah, getting into partnership with someone? Listen, it, it was and still is, it still is really interesting. Um, uh, like same, so I run um, Off Kilter Media. I've been doing that for about seven years now. I am the founder. I do have a wonderful team, but like I make all the, all of the decisions, right? Nothing happens mm-hmm. without my approval. Right. So Dana and I, like we have, we have like a Soho house relationship, right? We see each other in passing. We chat a little bit. What are you working on? How's your family? Are you, are you breathing? And that's it. Right. So like, and so it's, it's also really interesting. And I was thinking about this like early today. I was like, Actually, I never really talked to Dana before starting this business. I learned so much about Dana, like by proxy of like chatting with our lawyer. I was like, wow, I just learned so much about my now business partner who I'm now about to marry. It's so insane. But I mean, I have also enjoyed it also because I think it's like I I try to be really honest about like where I am and what I do and like, you know, what I can take on. And so I just, you know, want to continue being, you know, as honest and just being very upfront about, you know, what I do, but also, you know, like what I'm interested in doing. It's like, Mm -hmm. I never want to think about like our spreadsheets. I never want to think about that. I never want to think about an email list, right? I just want to think about, okay, how do we dream? You know, like, what do we need to, you know, like sell, you know, this company? Like, how can I you know, do that with these images. And uh, yeah. What I think is really crucial is that me and Felton have a very different, very different skill sets. And yet so Mm -hmm. many of our values and work ethic is the same. I think that's really what makes it tick. I think we both are really passionate about the work that we do. We want to love the work that we do. We work really hard, both of us, um, on anything. I don't think either of us give half an amount. And so I think that that's a really, you want to be different enough where Felton can challenge me and say, no, we're not ready for this. Or no, mm-hmm. this 
these this group of photos actually won't work and here's why you want someone who can challenge you to be better and to think differently. But in some of these core values, it's a lot better that we're the same because it wouldn't be great if we had a, one of us, one of us had a laissez-faire attitude or one of us was fine with doing mediocre work or one of us believed in, believed in bro, sales <laughs> bro sales tactics as opposed to the more holistic way we like to do business. So I think that there's a couple of, core values that are similar, but we are different enough in our experiences and our background that we can challenge each other and be better. Yeah, that's really beautiful and makes a ton of sense. Um, and we could spend a whole probably multiple hours talking about this. <laughs> Um, which maybe we should sometime. Maybe we'll we'll have you back in six months and we can do a check-in on the partnership. But the honeymoon period is over. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I want to get into sort of the nuts and bolts of how you got this started. So Dana, you had originally reached out to me and said, uh, I learned this whole new skill set around e-commerce to get this thing set up. So uh, talk to me about... Like, what does that skill set even look like? Because I think for a lot of people, it's like, all right, I know that there's a way that I can set this website up, but I don't know the first thing about making it actually do what I want it to do. So talk us through, what does that skill set look like in the first place? So I will say we don't have it done perfectly, but we are learning, which is important. And we started out, okay, we want to do this. So how are people going to actually get photos from the site? How is, we knew we wanted a membership model. People can buy a la carte, but ultimately we're pushing um, our monthly membership, which is unlimited downloads and access to exclusive photos every month. So that's the, mem the membership model is what we wanted to push. So how would that work? So I did some research. I'm a long-term, long-time WordPress user. So all of our clients' stuff is in WordPress. I've built up many, I've built many remedial sites in WordPress, but I can definitely update WordPress sites. But when we started researching, it was clear that Squarespace had a better platform, that there was a couple different places we could do, but that Squarespace had the right plugin for the membership site. It is a more visually pleasing platform in many ways. Uh, Felton was way more familiar with Squarespace than WordPress as well. And so I was like, okay, well, if this is the right thing, I've never built a single site in Squarespace. And luckily it's not, it's fairly intuitive, but there's so many things that can be done. I have a feeling that most people are only using a fraction of their functions. And so I actually have t promoted one of my friend's e-courses. Um, I think it's Web, I think it's just Squarespace for Authors. Um, Dan Berkowitz teaches it. And so I've give, I've recommended it to our authors. And so I finally took it and took the class. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But looking at it through a different lens. And so that was the first step was how do I build the site using this platform and learning about all the different functions and tools of which there are many because we're using their commerce platform. And then the second step is I've spent a lot of time doing... SEO, but in a, like I said, more of an organic way versus the game, you know, plugins, gamification of keywords, like more of an organic, like what would people be searching to find this content? How can I incorporate this into the, um, into the content? So I've done this for content like blog posts or articles, but doing it for pictures is different. So how do you get people to show up on your website because they searched, uh, you know, 
women on wedding, two women married or like lesbian wedding or black hand holding coffee or these weird terms, like how do you get to that? And mm -hmm. so that was another skill set where within WordPress, excuse me, within Squarespace, I had to look at all of the, this was the most, I think the most tedious part was going through all the metadata on all of the photos to think about what people would be searching to land on those photos. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes that feels a little icky, to be frank. I mean, if you're thinking about we, we focus on diversity, we want people, people Google not so PC things because that's what they want. So if they want like, you know, Mexican wedding or they want, you know, hot gay man or whatever it is, that's what they're typing in. And that's what we need to find. So I, I struck a balance, I think, although again, we just launched, so who knows, I struck a balance between the titles of the photos are more tasteful and artistic, because again, Felton's, Felton's photos are very artistic and beautiful. And so the title is more of that. But then the, the metadata, the things that people cannot see, are more of those key phrases that that users could be searching for and pop up on our site. And how did you learn how to do the SEO part? Was there a course there or videos or how did you, what did that look like? I have, so that was one that I've kind of learned over the years from mm -hmm. the content piece. So I've listened to some podcasts. Um, I've listened, I've watched some YouTube videos. So I've learned that from the content perspective. So what I did was I took what I learned from that and try to apply it to photography in the photos. Um, I do talk to um, Trina Little is a friend and has a course that I'm now blanking on the name of, um, but she's a YouTube person. And I really like her style of SEO where again, it's not this, all the plugins game, you know, making, feeling like sleazy in the way you do it. Mm -hmm. It's very organic of like, people need your content. So let's help them find it. And so I do remember some of the things she taught me from YouTube search strategies. I do use a plugin called Keywords Everywhere that will give mm -hmm. you what keywords are showing up on these pages, what's ranking, the search volume. But again, I don't make decisions based on that. It's just more if I'm kind of toyed between two or three different phrases I'll make a I'll, that's what will make the decision. It helps me give one more data point to check my hypothesis. Gotcha, gotcha. You'll hear what Felton had to learn to do his part for bouquet stock photography in just a minute. But first, a word from our What Works partners. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks makes it easy to bring your community courses and content all together under one digital roof. I've actually just set up a brand new Mighty Network for our podcast production agency, Yellow House Media. And I got to tell you, that was easy. The Mighty Networks team has taken out so much of the guesswork from getting a new network off the ground, and they've flattened the learning curve when it comes to setting up your community for success. My new network walked me through choosing custom colors, copy, and images. I quickly customized my new member onboarding based on the pre-made templates. Then I set up conversation topics and recurring events. After that, I built out our podcasting course. It's just about ready to go, and I've only spent a short time on it. Before long, I'll be 
be inviting new members to join us, easily supporting them in our discussion feed and helping them work through lessons in our courses. And of course, we'll be adding a whole new revenue stream to our production agency. Mighty Networks made it a piece of cake. So what can Mighty Networks do for you? Give Mighty Networks a try for free by going to MightyNetworks.com. What Works is also brought to you by the What Works Network. Now at the What Works Network, we're building stronger businesses together. And next week, we're launching a brand new addition to the network to make it easier than ever to build a strong, resilient, and profitable business, the Stronger Business Playbook. The Stronger Business Playbook is a collection of guides, templates, and strategic thinking prompts to help you build your stronger business. Inside, you'll find our guide to building healthy systems and habits for leading your business, making more intentional decisions, and shifting your role inside your small business. You'll also find templates for doing a resource audit, conducting weekly and monthly reviews, creating a marketing plan, building a sales plan, designing your business model, and creating your business policies. Plus, there are 50 prompts for approaching your marketing and sales, offer development, money, operations, and mindset from a fresh perspective. It's a comprehensive toolkit for building a business that runs smoothly, causes fewer headaches, and makes you more money. You'll get the Stronger Business Playbook, plus a year of support in a community of experienced small business owners and access to our next session of the Commitment Blueprint when you join the What Works Network. To find out more about the What Works Network and request your invitation, go to explorewhatworks.com. So Felton, for you, um, you have this uh, off-kilter media company. You've been doing photography. You have the—that's where your your background and, and your skill set is. How has approaching stock photography differed from a skill set perspective to how you've approached, or from from where you're coming from, and and how? Did you figure out for yourself how you wanted to approach it for for this new venture? Yeah, so Dana and I actually talked about this yesterday. Um, uh, and just trying to, for me, it's it's all about finding like a balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's like for a while, I was like, I, I would never do stock photography. It's disgusting. I was like, I because it just looks really stale. You, you And so when I decided to do this, I was like, okay, I want to look at what people have been doing for so long and i want to you know incorporate a little bit of that into like my aesthetic right so so it's because i didn't want because i don't want any of our stuff to be like too editorialized but also don't want it to be stale because you know Mm -hmm. why come to us then right um uh, so it's just about it's about finding that balance you know finding a balance between like moments you know that we can capture you know, but with within my aesthetic, right? So these everyday moments, how can I capture that in a way that I would feel good about posting, you know, on my professional Instagram? And that has definitely been, you know, a wonderful sort of um, challenge and just like a wonderful way to even like, you know, grow, you know, with my photography. It's like, okay, great. I know I have an aesthetic, but how can I apply that aesthetic to these everyday moments. So now, you know, folks can, you know, use wonderful imagery um, of these everyday moments so they don't have to go with that stale stock photography. And so 
it has been amazing, a bit challenging, but really fun. Yeah. Felton, I'd love to stay with you and ask about how you even approached like shooting the photos in the first place. So you mentioned you got the idea for this during quarantine, which means there's all sorts of constraints on what is happening in quote unquote real life. And to me, shooting photos, whether you're doing it yourself or working with other people for a stock photography site seems like a gargantuan task. How did you approach the process of actually creating the content that you are going to sell? Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, our approach was, all right, you know, because photographers aren't able to shoot right now, let's approach them with, hey, we're launching this thing. This is what we need. We know that it's difficult to shoot right now. Just look through your library and see what you, you know, may already have that can fit, right? So we did that for a little bit. And then I looked and, you know, my you know, archives of, you know, photographs. But, you know, as a photographer, I was like, we need something new. Like, we need exclusive, you know, photography. Um, And so I just started shooting, you know, with a purpose, you know, for um, a bouquet. And that has been amazing. And honestly, that's all that I want to do with my life. It's like, I mean, photography is the love of my life. So this just gives me a reason to, okay, cool, I need to shoot for this thing. It's also wonderful because it provides discipline for me because like just shooting for myself, it's cool, but you know, being able to shoot for a thing, it's just even better. It's like, okay, cool, now I'm on assignment. It's like, I take a step out, you know, from being the creative director and it's like, oh no, I'm a photographer right now. And I know that we need, you know, more, you know, fitness, you know, like content. Let me go collaborate with, you know, um, like fitness instructors, you know, so I can, you know, document their work. And I, and it's just, it's a wonderful collaboration because they need the content anyway, right? And they, a lot of people can't afford me. So I'm like, hey, I got this thing we could do. You know, I need this for my business. You need this for your business. And other people also need this for their business. And, you know, from like the aspect of, you know, like, let's say a small, you know, like I'm like a small fitness instructor, like that visibility alone will also just help them. Well, what's also funny about that was when you were saying Felton about like, I don't want stale stock photography in the beginning, it was hard for him to see like what would even work. So I was like, let me just put together a mock-up. Like, I'll just put together a mock-up of the site. Just tell me what you think. And I said, don't be mad. I just pulled some photos from your Facebook page (laughs) and just put them on there. Just like, just to give you an idea of what it looks like. And he's like, oh, people want that? Like, that's what they want? I said, yes. There was like this great, like on there. So on the cover of the site, the front page of the homepage is all photos that he was just posting on Facebook. And I think when you're an artist living in this world, you take for granted how other people see your work. He felt, and you just saw it as, that's just me with a little selfie with my morning coffee. I'm like, that's a beautiful photo. Yes. And let's use that. (laughs) And so I think it's also good. That's the other reason the partnership is so great too, because we get that different point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, All right. Let's talk about the business model because this is a very different business model for both of you, right? (laughs) Dana, um, 
how did you even begin to approach? I mean, you've already said you wanted to go with the membership model uh, over purely a la carte, although you have that option. How did you make that decision? And then once you made the decision, how did you learn what that was going to entail from an operational standpoint? Sure. Um, So one of my favorite books uh, has a quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I believe that in business. And so if we were going to make a website that was all about diversity and inclusion and representation, then it needs to feed itself into every aspect of the business. So Mm -hmm. for example, businesses who can't afford Felton to do their personal brand shoot, we want to give them as many photos as possible for a low, not cheap, but a affordable price so that they can use those photos for their business and have enough photos that they can use without having to shell out thousands of dollars for a brand shoot. Additionally, what I noticed the more I did research, so I did do a lot of research. I have read so many terms and conditions of stock photography sites and all the fine print. And what I soon realized is that almost all the sites, the photographers only get paid when people download their photos. Mm. And so because a lot of the bigger ones like iStock and Shutterstock now offer monthly plans, it's in the company's best interest profit-wise for people not to use their photos. Because if they don't, if no one's downloading, they get that mm-hmm. monthly rate without having to pay anybody. That felt inherently wrong. We One, we want people using our photos. Two, the photographers did the work. So we want them to be compensated for that work. So with the a la carte pricing, obviously they only get paid for the a la carte, the purchase, the a la carte purchases, mm-hmm. but for the membership, it's a pool. So what Every percentage they have of the website. So let's say they have 10% of the photos on the site are theirs. They're going to get 10% of that pool, regardless of who downloaded what. And I think that's really going back to equity and making sure that people are being compensated for their work. That was really important to me that they did the work. So let us at, like let us have more of a partnership really with them as well so that the more members we have, the more money they make. And so letting the photographers also be brand ambassadors, helping asking them to promote because the more people to sign up, the more money they make, regardless of who downloads what. Okay. Awesome. Incredible. Um, Yes. Um, All right. Next question is, did you guys figure this all out yourself? Did you hire out for anything we haven't talked about yet? Felton, do you want to take that one? Yeah, the only thing that we hired out, I mean, we got a lawyer, <laughs> but everything else, honestly, was just like, you know, just Dana and I, like, on the phone, you know, it, it, it's also really, I think it's also great because, like, I am a photographer, and so she's like, hey, as a photographer, how do you feel about this, or how do you feel about that, especially when thinking about, like, you know, how much we wanted to charge for our a la carte photos, right, and so just trying to think about all of these different things, but I think it was just being able to talk to one another it's like hey you navigate life in this way like what is your approach to this and uh, i think it's honestly amazing because like i navigate the creative side of like the world and that is just what my mind is only thinking about it's like i'm not thinking about a lot of things that dana is thinking about you know but i think in order you know to you know you know be a company that's rooted in inclusion 
it's like, oh yeah, we need like co-founders not to live the exact same lifestyle <laughs> because it, it's really difficult to, you know, have that inclusion if y'all are always coming from, y'all are always looking through the same lens at the same time from the same, you know, um, uh, perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Dana? Yeah, we need someone to read those. While Felton is talking to photographers and taking photos, I'm pouring over all the spreadsheets and terms of service and licensing agreements. And But I think that that's what Felton hit the nail on the head is he, in addition to us being founders of companies, we've done this song and dance before. We also come from different, we come from different perspectives. So he represents our photography or photographer mm-hmm. partners. I represent people who want the photos and how I would use the photos because we, he made the point, for example, of do we want to allow people to use it for advertising? Like how would some of our models feel if they're put on a billboard like next to a highway, right? And those are things that I would never use, but of course, those are considerations to have or the point of, okay, so we're not going to do advertisement, but what if I do a blog post with our photo and then want to boost that Facebook post? What does that look like? Is that Mm -hmm. advertising? Is that editorial? So those were the things that got worked out over the phone during, I think we were meeting weekly to talk through a lot of these things. And then our lawyer asked a lot of questions. I'm learning that lawyers' jobs, um, who, uh, it's Patrice Perkins, who you've had on the show. Yes. She's another Chicago, another Chicagoan. And she asked a lot of questions that me and Felton thought we had it all figured out. We walk in, we're like, here's our terms. Here's what we want. And then she asked all these other questions and we're like, oh, <laughs> we have to have more calls <laughs> to discuss. So there was a lot of things like, you know, how we wanted our, even things like equity, like do we, is it more important that it's 51% Felton so we can register as a minority owned business? Is it more important that it's 51% mine so we can register as a woman owned business? Is it, does that, do we change our compensation? How are we compensated? Like all of those things that we maybe not, didn't think about until we were asked really came through during that process. So I highly recommend anyone entering any business, even if it's just you to go through this process with a lawyer in the beginning. Yeah, I'm really glad you bring up that point about the lawyer's role, because I think a lot of people think that a lawyer's role is to say, this is how it is done. And these are the rules and you haven't followed them. And that makes you a bad business owner. When really, in my experience, and what I'm hearing from you, it is a lawyer is there to say, so what do you want? And then that's how we write the contract. And I'll put it into the legalese that makes what you want actually the truth of how this business is structured or how this term is, ter- how these terms are structured. So I, I think that's a really valuable a takeaway for people um, and and a really important lesson in this whole process. So you're both kind of talking around now the the or not talking around talking to the value that your different perspectives bring to the table, both as individuals and also as people coming from businesses and. Um, I'm kind of seeing how that is incorporated in how the business is envisioned, even some of the operational things. But since we are talking about skills here, I'm curious if either of you have leveraged skills from your existing businesses in a way that surprised you in this business. I know that's a big question. So (laughs) take a moment, but I'm really curious. 
I'm thinking about the surprise aspect of it, because I think we knew going in who was doing what. I Mm -hmm. also think, I think the thing that surprised me, I'm not sure if you felt this way, Tara, when you were launching Yellow House, but there's a part of me that was like, yeah, I launched this company 11 years ago. Could I do it again? Like, could this happen again? (laughs) Was it lightning in a bottle? Did I just fake it? Like, could this happen again? And I think the answer was yes. I think that what, and and, and even faster now, like I knew, mm-hmm. we knew the, the op- operationally things that needed to be done. So like we knew we needed email marketing. I knew what z- we had to get Zapier and hook up the zaps and do all the things. Like we knew all, there's a lot of things that we knew. So I think that was the other I think that was something that maybe surprised me a little because I think there's all of us who have a little bit of imposter syndrome of like, can I do this again? Like, just because I launched one company, can I launch another one? And so I think that not only can, could I realize like, yes, you can do this again. It's fine. And you actually, I actually did it better in many ways because I had been through this before. So a lot of the things, while there, it's a very different model and a very different company, there were some foundational aspects that carried over and streamline this process. Because Felton, you're right. I didn't realize we started talking in March. It is now October as of this recording. That's fast. Yeah, it's very fast, especially (laughs) for you both running other businesses and like just the constraints of life in general right now. It's very, very fast. Felton, I'm, I'm curious if you have a similar reflection on like utilizing almost more your executive skills from the business that you have in this new venture? You know, I think it's the opposite for me. I feel like I haven't really been utilizing those skills that I've been able to just dream and create, mm. which is a, which is a struggle in the work that I do now, you know, because like I am like the dreamer, you know, but I also have to make sure that everything is getting done properly. And like, I have to, I have to manage the spreadsheet and also dream, <laughs> you know, like I, yes. I, I have to take the picture, but also, you know, like go fill out like, like the manifestos and then, and it's a lot, but I feel like I've been able to just play <laughs> and it's been so rewarding to, you know, just being a photographer. I'm able to just be a photographer and it's amazing. And I'm able to just connect and talk about photography and talk about, okay, what are the stories that we need to tell? What are those moments that we don't see enough of? And how can we get those moments? And how can we let people know that we are actively thinking about those moments? Wait, I just got so like emotional just thinking about that because like it's, it's, it's like, it's so I use a lot of so i so i started using stock like websites when quarantine happened because i was mm-hmm. not able to go out and shoot people so i signed up for a few of them which is also it was like great like research but, and, and i didn't even know it but it it's really difficult it's really difficult looking trying to find content that that i personally want you know to put out there that reflects me and for those who are listening like i am a a queer black dude with like longish hair. That's kind of like you. I I literally do not see myself in these stock platforms. Or if not, I have to do these really weird like tags that are kind of gross. You know that Dana was speaking to earlier. It's like I have to do black gay man 
long hair. And, you know, and somehow that's still never, somehow I always get like a white man with long hair, even though I said black man with long hair. <laughs> it is just so wild to me that, that people are not actively thinking about other people and people who do not look like them. It's like everybody doesn't look like me, but I'm trying to think about everyone else that I mm-hmm. see when I walk outside. But that also speaks to just like where I walk outside and what I see when I go outside. And I'm like, oh, hey, I saw this person. I saw these people doing this thing. I want to capture that and put that on bouquet. And I think we both started to really see, as for me as a consumer, when we're looking at who we want to do business with, whether it's a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor, when we were buying our house, a realtor, we want to make sure that they're cool. Like We want to make sure that they're not going to be weirded out when two women walk in to buy a house or when for our personal lawyer, when we needed, because ridiculous, I had to adopt our own son. Like those are things that I needed to make sure that it wasn't just any adoption lawyer Mm -hmm. that when we looked at their site, that they had photos, representation, talking about working with queer couples. Because once I saw that, I'm like, okay, that they're making a statement that I am welcome in that room. I am welcome there. And if photogra- if there's not enough photography out there for service providers to use, then there's going to be a lot of people feeling unwelcome in certain service, working with certain service providers. And so I think that you, it's now that we're talking about it, some of the maybe cis white people may not be like, may not realize, but go into some of the biggest stock photo sites, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like the same queer couples, the same black businessman with the tie. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same people over and over and you'll see the lack of representation. So it's, it, it feels very like mission. It feels very mission driven. Like I'm hoping that we will be able to not only help business owners reach their target audience, but also help general consumers just feel more welcome in more places. I love it. Okay, so you're both speaking to purpose and mission now. As we start to wrap up here, I'd love to hear from both of you, really. What is your vision for this company? Where do you want to go with this? Dana, you want to kick it off? <laughs> I would love to have like some of the biggest companies, like Fortune 500 companies as members and using. And because I think that we're going to start with the entrepreneurs. We're going to start with the service providers and the freelancers and the content creators. But I hope that some of these bigger companies take an investment in, again, what kind of work they're putting out there. Um, I also would love to help photographers have regular recurring revenue each month without without having to... Um, without trading time for dollars, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Because during this time, we saw that photographers, they're not working, they're not making money. And so we I really want to give this other revenue stream to them, because I think photography, I am just so in awe of all the work that Felton produces, as well as the other photographers who contribute to the site. And I want more of that. (laughs) I love it. Felton, what's your vision for the company? I would like to have, you know, like the biggest names and photography, like work for us, you know, contribute to us, collaborate with us. And, uh, and yeah, like that is a dream, but also being able to do, you know, like a custom work for people, 
and because I don't know, people need different things, you know? And it's like, yes, it is a stock photography website, but it is curated, you know? It's wonderfully curated. And, and that's the extra, you know, layer to it, right? It's like, yes, you're going to have, you know, these very casual everyday moments. However, they are going to be thought about and cared for. And there's just a lot of intention behind how we capture what we capture and when we capture it. I love it. That is a perfect place to wrap things up. Dana and Felton, thank you so much for sharing your journey with Bouquet Stock Photography and also all of the skills that you've learned in the process. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving us the space to do so. Thank you so much for having us. This was really fun. Have you thought about starting a second company? How would you apply the skills you've already learned? And what new skills would you have to work on? Regardless of whether you go through with it or not, I think the whole exercise of considering how you would leverage the skills you have and figure out new ones to be really fun. Although I might be a nerd. Find out more about Dana Kay, Felton Kaiser, and Bouquet Stock Photography at bouquetstockphotography.com. Next week, I talk with Kina Newell, who learned a new way to think about her approach to money and sales, and the results have been pretty mind-blowing. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our production assistants are Kristen Runvik and Lou Blazer. Are you a podcaster or aspiring podcaster who wants to create a standout show that helps you grow your business? We'd love to support you inside the Standout Podcast Club. The Standout Podcast Club is your hub for the training, coaching, and networking you need to produce a podcast that grows your small business. Inside, you'll find a complete blueprint for producing a podcast that gets noticed, attracts an audience, and helps you grow your business. Find out more about Standout Podcast Club by going to standoutpodcast.club. That's standoutpodcast.club. What Works is recorded in what is now known as Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is on the homeland of the Susquehannock people. The Yellow House is located in what is now known as the Flathead Valley of Montana on the homeland of the Katunaha Nation. 